0: Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. was CS Lewis who said that we often suffer from chronological snobbery. What does that mean? It is the misguided notion that because we are modern, because we are uh, so scientifically accomplished, that somehow we are brighter, more clever than generations that have gone before. And here we are taking the ancient wisdom of Scripture from three millenniums ago and applying it into our everyday lives uh, these these days. And uh, this weekend, we're thinking uh, about friendship. Friendship is our theme, and the book of Proverbs has a great deal to say to us on that really vital subject. Let me read just one verse from Proverbs, and then just a couple, actually, from Ecclesiastes. Proverbs 17, verse 17, says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Speaking right into situations of challenge. Uh, What is Proverbs saying? It's saying when times are tough we really need friends. And then Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 9 through to verse 12. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down his friend can help him up but pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Uh, Many of you know that I, I spend quite a lot of my time serving as a teaching pastor in Timberline Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. It's a church that has grown rapidly and significantly over uh, recent years and that means that just about everywhere I go in the city of Fort Collins, if I go shopping, if I go out to eat, then Kay and I are going to bump into someone that knows us because they come to Timberline. It's not a problem, it's a wonderful privilege uh, to experience that on an everyday basis Uh, Some years ago, I wandered into a uh, restaurant. Uh, Kay was not with me. And uh, as I went in there for uh, a lunchtime meeting, there was a table of 12. And uh, they looked up and they saw me and they all immediately waved. And my instinctive response to that is, as it always is, uh, these must be Timberline people. So I thought, well, um, I'm going to be friendly. So I, I, I wandered over to this table and I I said, hi, guys, how are you doing? And they, they said, fine, fine, how are you? And um, as often is the case with me, I, I started to blether on. And I said, yeah, I just got back from England and had a good trip, and I'm, I'm, I'm rattling on and just making conversation. And they, they initially nodded and, and looked interested in the, the conversation. But as I continued with my blethering, I began to realize that there was tension around the table and they were shifting nervously and, and glancing uh, at each other. And uh, I'm, I'm thinking there is there's something not quite right here. So mid-sentence, I just stopped and I, I, I looked at the, the group and I said, um, I said, you don't know me, do you? And, and one of them uh, smiled with relief and said, we've never seen you before in our lives. And I said, but When I came into the restaurant, you smiled and waved at me and they said, no, it was the the person behind you. At this point, I said, "Um, okay, um, I'm going to go away now forever and I will never bother you again. It was an embarrassing situation of me thinking that I was encountering a group of people that I knew, maybe even new friends, but I didn't know them at all. As we come to Proverbs thinking about friendship, let's ask the question, who are our friends? Where are we investing? Do we really know people, and are we truly known? And as I've said, Proverbs has a lot to say to this vital subject of friendship. And no wonder, because let's face it, particularly during these trying times, friendship is so very important. And that's always true, not just in times of calamity. T.S. Eliot said, What is life if we have not life together? The stuff of life can be found in friendship. Donald McCullough, one of my favourite authors. He said, when we consider the blessings of God, the gifts that add beauty and joy to our lives, that enable us to keep going through stretches of boredom and even suffering, friendship is near the top. When we're deprived of friendship and relationships, we feel a leanness in our own souls. And Nelson Mandela in his book, The Long Walk to Freedom, described some of the excruciating pain of being in solitary confinement during his 27 years in prison. He said, I did not see the face or hear the voice of another prisoner. I was locked up for 23 hours a day. There was no natural light in my cell. I had nothing to read, nothing to write on, no one to talk to. I have known men who have taken half a dozen lashes in preference to being locked up alone. After a while, I relished the company even of insects in my cell and found myself on the verge of initiating conversations with a cockroach. And then he ends his statement by saying this, nothing is more dehumanizing than the absence of human companionship. You see, we were created for relationship and friendship because we were made in the image of God and he has never been alone. He is trinity, three in one, in a mystery that we can't even begin to understand. And he says, let us make man, humanity in our image. Genesis 1:26. He has never been alone and he declares it's not good for us to be Alone, And images that we've seen in recent months of communities of people in Italy singing together on their balconies, finding the joy of togetherness even as they found themselves in isolation, wanting to applaud the emergency services, creatively, hungrily reaching out for community. And then we see this as we look at the lives of Jesus and the Apostle Paul. Years ago, when I first became a Christian, we used to sing this song, which I will no longer sing. It was a little chorus with the lyrics, He is all I need, he is all I need, Jesus is all I need. I no longer will sing that because I think it's a theologically bankrupt statement. He is not all I need. How can one member of the body say to another, I have no need of you? And Jesus, in his life and the challenges of his life and indeed his death, he says to his close inner circle of friends, Peter, James, and John, watch and pray with me. He doesn't navigate the agonies of Gethsemane alone, but he does so appealing to his friends. And then when we look at the Apostle Paul, an amazing warrior of the faith, under house arrest in in Rome and ultimately execution. And I think if we're not careful, we can get the impression that Paul was some kind of stoic personality who didn't really uh, appreciate or, or need friends. And we couldn't be more wrong. There are lots of scriptures in the New Testament that we tend to scan over briefly but those scriptures contain celebrations of friendship by Paul. And so Paul talks to Timothy and, and gives reports about his, the joys and disappointments of his friendships. And, and he shares some, some struggles. He talks about... Hymenius and Alexander, he says, I've handed them over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. Heavy words, Figulus and Hermogenes, he says, they deserted me. Demas loved this world, deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Alexander the metal worker did me a great deal of harm. But then he also celebrates the closeness of his friendships and relationships as well. May the Lord show mercy to the household of Onesiphorus. He often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. He talks about his dear friend, Luke. In fact, he uses this term agapatos, beloved or loved ones, 27 times in his epistles. And five times he refers to specific people as his dear friends. Here's the truth. We need friendship. And in this season when so many of us have experienced isolation, we need to creatively continue to contact, to pray for, to reach out to our friends. You see, there were lots of things that I learned when I was in high school many, many years ago, but they never taught me or us how to be a friend. And here we are with this book of Proverbs and there is practical instruction there about friendship. So let's just consider a a few brief principles. First of all, let's realize that if we are going to be a friend in accordance with the wisdom of Proverbs, we need to be faithful. We need to be faithful friends because that creates a sense of long-term security. Proverbs 18:24, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. That's about faithfulness through the differing circumstances and seasons of life. George Burns talking about his relationship with Jack Benny. He said, Jack and I had a wonderful friendship for nearly 55 years. Jack never walked out on me when I sang a song, and I never walked out on him when he played the violin. Friendship that is able to endure misunderstandings and conflict and difficulty, being faithful together. Uh, One of my um, closest friends, perhaps my best friend apart from Kay, my wife, is uh, Dr. Chris Edwardson. He is uh, a family physician in Oregon. We have been friends now for over three decades. Uh, One day, uh, we went for a drive in uh, his car. uh, It wasn't new, but he'd newly acquired it, and we were driving along in this beautiful BMW. I was sitting in the back, he and his wife were in the front, uh, when suddenly I, um, I smelled the smell of something burning and uh, I, um, I said, uh, there's, there's something weird going on here, and uh, Jeannie, his wife, turned around and looked at me, and she said, uh, that's right, Jeff, your backside is on fire and indeed it was. The battery of the car was in, under the back seat that I was sitting on. They'd just replaced the battery, put the wrong size in. I sat down on the seat, the metal connected with the battery terminals, set on fire, and now the car was on fire. Uh, we felt led to pull the car over and we all jumped out and then watched as this beautiful, um, nearly new BMW went up in flames. Um, it was an interesting moment, but here's the point, and obviously it wasn't my fault, but our friendship endured me torching their car. And over the years, quite seriously, there have been moments of conflict and misunderstanding and tension. Proverbs is saying, don't be fickle in your friendships. In, in, in an age of consumerism where we can have what we want, how we want it, We can have unrealistic notions about what a true friend actually is. We can import those unrealistic expectations into church life. And if someone offends me, if they sing a song that I don't like, if they use a translation of the Bible that I don't like, then I'm going to probably take off and go somewhere else. Don't be like that. Don't be a consumer when it comes to friendship. Rather, Be faithful, be trustworthy. If a friend shares with you in confidence, guard confidentiality. Be faithful in those moments when you might be tempted to gossip. Proverbs 25, verse nine says, if you argue your case with a neighbor, do not betray another man's confidence or he who hears it may shame you and you'll never lose your bad reputation. Proverbs is saying, first of all, when it comes to friendship, be faithful. Secondly, Proverbs teaches us not only faithfulness, but thoughtfulness, creating relationships where we are sensitive and caring, empathetic, uh, acknowledging and thinking about the needs of others and not just stuck within the horizon of our own needs. Proverbs eleven twelve: 12, "'A man who lacks judgment derides his neighbor, "'but a man of understanding holds his tongue.'" Thoughtfulness about our words, Proverbs 25 14, like clouds and wind without rain, is a man who boasts of gifts he does not give. That's thoughtfulness there. Don't give the impression that you're going to be there to help or I'll be praying for you and you don't help and you don't pray. Sensitivity again in the way that we conduct our relationships practically. Listen to Proverbs 25:17. Seldom set foot in your neighbor's house. Too much of you and he will hate you. Have you been in those moments when you're, you've got visitors and they've come over for dinner, you've enjoyed a glass of wine, and now you're weary and it's time to go and you're trying to drop those hints and yes, I've got an early start in the morning and the joy of the evening has been eroded because of someone's lack of sensitivity and they're sitting there past midnight. What is all this about? It's about seeing beyond ourselves and empathizing and being sensitive to the needs of others. It's about listening. One of the greatest gifts in friendship that we can offer is the gift of allowing other people to be heard. Lewis Smeads, who was a professor at Fuller Seminary, said, listening is the silent shape of caring. We listen to what the other person says to us, but we listen closest when no words are spoken. We listen for the unuttered message of feeling. We listen for pain expressed in disguised sighs. We listen for desires heard only in the language of the eyes. We listen to our own messages to hear how they were heard through the filter of the other person's needs. This kind of listening takes time. Let me just say this, and it, it might seem a, a little strange, but I think we need to guard our closest friendships, particularly in the British culture. With, the, uh, with thinking about the amount of banter that we often use, we're quite good at put downs in our culture. And if we if we like someone, then we can endlessly joke at their expense. But even that can go too far and can erode a friendship. Proverbs teaches us that. Proverbs 26:18. Like a madman shooting firebrands or deadly arrows is a man who deceives his neighbor and says, I was only joking. Let's be careful about uh, being sensitive around each other, not walking on eggshells, but again being empathetic. And spiritual sensitivity is important as well. Being open to the Holy Spirit, those nudges that can help us to, to nurture and secure And strengthen friendship. Uh, I've talked about uh, my friend, Dr. Chris Edwardson. Um, I remember the day when I was at the bedside, my father's bedside, and and he was dying, and my mum and I were there holding his hand. My dad was a bit of a joker, and so he died three times and then came back, I think, just to keep us guessing. And so um, he died, and the nurse said he's gone, and then she said, no, no, he's back. And then he went again, and then she said, no, he's back. And then finally, for the third time, she said, I think he's gone. Yes, yes, he's gone. And at that moment, within maybe 10 seconds of my dad actually passing away, the phone at his bedside rang. And I've got to confess, at that moment, I almost thought it might be Jesus calling through to say, yeah, he's made it here safely. We're just checking him in and everything's all right. Actually, it was Jesus. But it was Jesus in the form of my friend, Chris, who was being like Jesus to me at that moment. He he was in Canada at that point. He said, Jeff, what's going on? He said, I've managed to track you down to the hospital. What's happening right now? And I said, Chris, I'm holding my dad's hand. He just passed away. He said, that's why I'm calling. He said, I'm driving along this road. I'm in the middle of nowhere. And he said, I suddenly felt a nudge from God Get hold of Jeff, track him down now because he really needs you. And he said, I made a few phone calls. I found out that you were at the hospital and that's why I'm calling. I want you to know that I love you and Jeannie and I will be getting on a plane and we'll be attending your dad's funeral uh, whenever that is scheduled to be. A spiritual sensitivity, listening out for the Holy Spirit, nudging us into acts of care and kindness towards our friends. Thirdly, uh, and let me wrap it up with this, I think we also need to build friendships, not only of, of uh, sensitivity uh, to each other, uh, not only of security, but also of depth and honesty, where we can create a friendship environment for mutual growth. We can spur each other on. We can spur each other on during this season of challenge. And sometimes that will be about encouragement, and at times, if we've earned the right to do it, it will be about loving confrontation as well. Proverbs 27, verse 6, Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Proverbs 27, 9, Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of one's friend springs from his earnest counsel. Earnest counsel, challenging words perhaps. Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Proverbs 29, 5, whoever flatters his neighbor is spreading a net net for his feet. Let me ask this question. Who, Who have we enabled in our lives, in our friendship circles, to genuinely speak into our lives without us being all fragile and offended and, and upset because perhaps they're confronting something negative in us. I want, I want friends to speak openly and honestly to me. I, sometimes I hear people say, I want you to believe the best of me. Well, let me say this. I want a few people to believe the worst of me because I'm a human being. And I discover in my own life, as a result of self-reflection, I discover that I'm capable of goodness. And I'm also capable of incredible stupidity and acts of lack of wisdom. And I need people that I give permission to, to speak honestly and openly in my life because they can rescue me from making decisions that could be disastrous. And and let me just tell you, this is not just theory in my life. I have made a few decisions in my few decades on this planet, where if I had just stopped and allowed others to genuinely, fearlessly, courageously speak truth to me, they could have saved me a lot of grief. Before we pray together today, C3 family, let me let me in- encourage you, every one of you individually at this time, to strengthen the cords of friendship, to pray for your friendship circle daily, to maybe even take stock of your friendship circle. Who are your inner circle, your Peter, James, and John? Who are your go to people in a time of emergency? What's the trajectory of your friendships? Are there are some that are moving closer? Are there are some that are moving away where we need to maybe make greater investment? Or we need to perhaps even recognize that that friendship is not what it was and, and that's okay because of proximity or circumstances or whatever. This is a time to, to call our friends, to take time on the, on the phone, to perhaps send a note to Encourage them to share what we feel God is saying to us and to be ready to share practically uh, with them as well. During these recent times of difficulty, we surely have affirmed that we need God. We need Jesus like never before. But let's also affirm this truth, which is repeated throughout Scripture right from the beginning when we hear it's not good for us to be alone. Yes, we do need God, but we need each other too. Not only does Proverbs affirm that, ancient wisdom, everyday wisdom for today, but the whole of Scripture affirms that. And our hearts echo that truth too, because we know that we need each other. Build, nurture, celebrate friendship let's pray father we thank you that you've not called us to be alone we thank you that you have created us for relationship we are made in your triune image we thank you for friends some of us lord could use some more friends we could use friendships of or we need friendships of greater depth and we pray lord even in these days that have been so challenging that you will help us to secure, nurture, celebrate, and invest in friendships. May we be all that we can be to each other, and may we, during this season, discover the unexpected, unanticipated joy of new friendships, too, even that have been nurtured through these troubling times. We give you thanks that there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother, and we thank you that you have called us your friends, as we deepen our friendship with you, may we deepen our relationships and friendships with each other, we pray. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you.